0: We heard it last Sunday on All Saints Day, this vision of heaven. I noted it as what I would use for these three Sundays of end time. We're gonna sing this in heaven before the throne. Revelation 7, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. In Christ's name, the text today for our Meditation is the gospel you heard. We're going to be in this chapter for three weeks. If you want to prepare ahead, the sermons will all be from here. Matthew 25, the start, Christ's parable of the ten virgins. And indeed, again, a quick rehash here in end time, you will hear the messages from God, really all through his word, but in special sections and especially from Matthew 25 about the, the end of all things and the final judgment as we're raised from the dead, indeed the reign visibly of the glorious king next week more about your my accountability on that day and then finally how this king reigns and rules Christ the King Sunday it's often called the last Sunday but today with this parable of the ten virgins preparedness preparedness that's the message as the virgins wait for the bridegroom to appear indeed to um, consummate the marriage and take his wife off after the preliminary ceremony the big celebration now according to that culture of that time preparedness And most personal one point of this parable is that each one needs to be prepared. It can't happen as a group or as part of a group. And yet I hope not to couch this message and apply it the way supposedly one pastor did I think at the end of his sermon exhorting his congregation so would you rather be awake and with the bridegroom with five wise virgins or sleeping with five foolish virgins a horrible way to phrase it Instead, I have a much more provocative way to phrase it. The sermon title today, I've actually used early in my ministry, probably over 35 years ago. You need to realize Jesus will appear in 15 minutes. I actually, in the first sermon title, and this is the only time I've repeated that title after all these decades, couched it Jesus will come in 15 minutes. But soon after that, I think I've related, an old retired pastor corrected me after I had said, When Jesus was here on earth, he said, Craig, Jesus still is here on earth. He's just not visible to us in glory. And the Bible so often talks about not just his coming, if it does, his coming again in glory, his appearing in glory. Jesus will appear in 15 minutes. That is a message that needs to be heard right here, right now. We will not finish this worship service. So, what? What difference? does it make to you? Maybe it should make a radical difference in your life and in the lives of so many others. Maybe not. In the Bible study I lead in a few minutes really focused on Amos, as he talks about the day of Yahweh, the day of the Lord is if Jesus appeared what would he find you doing? Well, first of all, being humbled to know my own sin, I am sure he would catch me in some particular sin, maybe anger, lust, jealousy. In terms of activity, probably watching TV ECM or a sports game, playing with the dogs, talking to my wife. What, what difference should it make? There is a quote mistakenly attributed to Luther. There is no evidence he ever said this, and yet you'll hear it quoted. Supposedly though, it came from him even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. Whether or not it came from Luther it makes an interesting point. You should be doing what you would want Jesus to see you doing Should he come in 15 minutes, 15 years, 15 centuries, you should be doing it now. I know we're in God's house formally worshiping, but where's your heart? And are you attached to the things of this world? Maybe especially given the events of this past week in our country. Or is your heart attached to Jesus, waiting with expectation for him to appear? I don't know if you are familiar with First Thessalonians chapter 4. I believe the apostle Paul wrote this one of the first things he was inspired to write maybe only after his letter to the Galatians to a group of new Christians barely instructed in the faith who were truly expecting Jesus to appear immediately so much so they were perplexed about people dying They expected Jesus to come back before people died, at least in the first generation of Christians, and even after that, and and, and we should live that way too. Jesus will appear in 15 minutes. It changes your heart's attachments, it changes your behavior, and it's not a message of law, primarily, yes. At any point that he comes, he will find you and me in our sin, but he will come with that grace he earned by his perfect life covering your sin with his righteousness, his death paying for every sin you've committed, with his resurrection guaranteeing that despite your sin, You are his. We're going to hear how that works next Sunday. And indeed, his immediate appearing, living as if before we get out of the parking lot today, Jesus will appear, gives hope and peace and joy despite so many things in this life. And indeed, it sanctifies what we do, whether it's planting an apple tree or singing a hymn or shaking a hand or giving a hug or spending time with family. A number of applications I don't have on the screens today, but you can simply note or even jot. Jesus... We live will appear in 15 minutes. That means the words that we use need to reflect that. James chapter 4 has a section where James admonishes the people, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Everything you're doing is cradled in the will of God. His plan, not yours. And yes, you should make plans as the Lord wills knowing that he could call you home me too knowing that that he could appear again in glory he has a plan and we say that and confess that and live that and sing that and then as we plan we're in tune with his plan prioritizing number 2 his priorities What are they? The Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all peoples, he said. Baptizing, teaching, that's primary. That's the only reason we're here on earth. He would take us to himself. My father, a Lutheran pastor for over 50 years, related that it was only later in life that he realized what this meant for his conversations at the grocery store, knowing that he had lived most his life. He said, Craig, I may not get another chance to talk to that woman about Jesus or in the doctor's office. I may not get another chance to share the gospel with someone there in need. And he was much more bold and still so very natural to do it. We plan... Have you thought about your prayers this week in advance? I know many people were praying for a certain outcome in the election one way or the other. Have you thought about praying for the other side? And indeed as scripture commands praying for the president and vice president elect no matter who they are pray for kings and all those in authority and be subject to them according to the word of God we should already be thinking that as Christians our role of prayer in this country and then as you follow and use his words as you plan with his plan Be prepared. The the message of this parable is that five virgins were prepared, not only with oil in their lamps, but with a reservoir, in case the bridegroom was delayed, are we. My baby sister, now in her 50s, (laughs) still hears from her big brother what I used to say to her when she was a punk kid, Judy. Judy. When you least expect it, expect it. We should be ready when we least expect for the unexpected, the wonderfully unexpected to happen. Our Lord appearing with oil in our lamps. Now I don't want to allegorize a parable and find symbolism in every little thing, the drowsiness, although we do get sleepy spiritually, or the oil in the lamps symbolizing the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, although that image is elsewhere in Scripture. But that is what we need, his good news constantly not just once a week on Sundays hearing the pastor share forgiveness but as we arise and remember our baptism every day as we go through each day hearing Christian music as we read and memorize our Bibles be prepared I think I've shared what a professor at seminary 40 years ago, said to us, Lewis Brighton, now in heaven, teaching the book of Revelation in a way I can't really imitate, but often try, gentlemen, he says, memorize your Bibles because someday they will be ripped from your hands. My wife's uncle always told me, Craig, you will be tested. And I've seen some little ones and there's some big ones. God's word is our preparation. You are a child of God. You are forgiven by Christ's blood. He is coming to alleviate all evil and show the victory he has earned over it. This sermon title is over 30 years old and I believed it when I preached it then. It is all the more true now. I had in my devotions this week, Romans 13, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed so. It's even more true today. And it is our hope and expectation. Jesus will appear soon. Amen.